Welcome back, everybody, to the Captain's Table. This is our question and answer session where um, you, the viewers, can ask questions of the chat, of, of the cast, um, and yeah, do so, and we'll, we'll try to answer them. I, I've been, I'm setting up a new rule where after the first 10 minutes of the question and answer session, I will stop the um, questions from being asked. So you have to be here early to ask questions because uh, what I find is that if there's a ton of people asking questions, there's often uh, a lot of people who are, uh, who ask questions towards the end. And if they, if they ask questions towards the end, then it extends the cast much longer than it should. And we end up with like two to three hour question and answer sessions. You mean like um, the four hour show you did a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. That one. <laughs> or that first show that, that you, that I was on. Yes. Well, I was up until like four in the morning. <laughs> yes. So, the, so the goal is, is to, to keep this to about an hour to an hour and a half. So if I figure like, so the first 10, 15 minutes of the, of the question and answers, ask the questions and then we'll come back to it. So I have, yeah, the, this, this is great. Every time I know I'm on the captain's table, I just block out pretty much my entire Saturday evening and Sunday early morning. Yeah. Because <laughs> Cause you know, it's not going to be that. So like, I, I know I'm not going to get any sleep anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. In video, that's not a question. Uh, the first question <laughs> is, it was just poop. He just said poop in, in the question in video. That's not, that's not how that works. Uh, gin and tonic asks on low ammo for ballistics, what limits ballistics on fighters to carriers, uh, based fighters. Uh, okay. Remember guys on low for ballistic that limits ballistics on fighters to carrier based fighters. And to me, that's good slash rational slash reasonable choice. How do you feel about it? About limits, limiting this, the, the, the ammo counts for fighters. Yeah, this, this goes back to what I was talking about earlier. I know people will say, well, they can add more. I, I gave somebody an example of um, the F-15 and the F-22. Uh, there's a certain amount of rounds that, that ships are able to carry physically. And CIG kind of balances a lot of things into their ships, right, as far as weight and a whole bunch of other things. And and I'm sure to a certain degree, if they want to be that serious about it, they're they're calculating ammo as well. Again, there was something in the show yesterday that one of the devs alluded to in relation to now that ships have less ammo, how do they respond to that or deal with it as far as ballistic? And he inferred, well, there's something coming to deal with that or address that. And I thought, first thing that popped in my head was the Vulcan, right? Mm -hmm. That not that people have to worry about going all the way to some base to reload, but if the, it gives a job for the Vulcan now to come into the game uh, to restore ammo in, in folks' ships, um, particularly if they're out in groups. So I'm seeing it as a part of the gameplay dynamic as well, you know, um, and how they can create this circular path that when we're running low on things, that there's someone there to respond to that uh, beyond just repairs, but even re restocking our ships. So um, I think there should be that limitation because, again, I think it also brings Chris's vision about close quarter combat being more calculating, being more strategic when you are decide to pull the trigger. Just like how with energy weapons, we're going to be running out with our rifles now. You're not going to have the unlimited energy anymore. They're going to run yeah. low on that, you know. So it, it's going to it's going to change, you know. It's going to get tweaked, but I think people will be happy with it by the time they get it there. Yeah, I, I will say I'm happy with them to limit ballistics on on fighters, but I would rather them have a much larger reservoir of ballistic ammo for um, larger ships mediums mm -hmm. yes yes for the larger ships yes mm -hmm. and I, I would love for them to see a reloading capability where you can reload ammo from, from inside. inside the ship mm -hmm. because that would again force players to go you want to use ammo you mm -hmm. have to carry it with you waste your yep. own cargo space a and b force players to be ammo monkeys and, mm -hmm. and, it, and it, it sounds mm -hmm. it may sound boring but like mm -hmm. i've played plenty of games where that person running that ammo box up and slamming it into 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 the the, the gun at the right time or yep. supporting people creates an, an a a gameplay element that someone will be good at because that's right. complicated. Oh, we're out of ammo for gun one. Okay, I gotta pick the pick this up. Mm -hmm. I run the gun one. I gotta slam it in there. In the meantime, your captain is screaming for someone to reload gun one <laughs> because we're running out of a. We're getting attacked and power needs and your stuff is exploding around you and you gotta focus. Uh, if you're not mm -hmm. focused on this, you're going to lose. And that's a really kind of tense experience, which adds to the gameplay and makes it so that this person isn't just, you know, uh, doing nothing. 
So, yeah, it's. It, I, I think. Uh, I think that is will add more. That would be the only thing is that increase the ammo capacity for larger ships, but small mm-hmm. fighters keep it small. Uh, definitely keep it small. So yeah, uh, I will only l- extend that, and I agree with you. Larger ships should have a uh, larger uh, ammo reservoir for uh, ammo, uh, but also this whole low ammo count for for ships for for weapons. Uh, it also forces people into thinking about supplies and sustainability of. Uh, of their missions where okay i'm gonna be doing something so now i need to plan for i need fuel i'm gonna need ammo i'm gonna need repair uh, and it forces people to kind of make this plan i think that's another level of immersion that we didn't have until now for the most part yeah and, and i think that's good i agree with that. that that is amazing it's not just immersion but i think it's good balance it's just a straight up good balance i, I still don't like the fact that ammo that ballistics are um super powerful i i will say i'm not a fan of bullet pen for shields for for ballistics i would prefer each gun to have its own specific uses ballistics being good against hull but not against shields or armor and so on and so forth uh so they have just imagine how that would look in the game files and 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 no please don't (laughs) i i know it's the problem is the problem is is that when you build the way that they're building it now, there's no reason uh, to run anything but ballistics. And, you know, oh, but then it's going to cost more. You can't really tier to cost mm-hmm. because people will just throw money at it. And so mm-hmm. it becomes a pay-to-win scenario where you're, it's running, you're still running for the biggest guns, but you're going to end up with one gun that everyone uses. There's no interesting gameplay mechanics for it. That's the problem. I've actually been kind of doing some testing on weapons for different scenarios that is actually the opportunity i took with 314. yeah i'm just taking i've been streaming this for the last two weeks uh just taking different ships and just trying combat with different loadouts see what works see what doesn't i actually found out that scatter guns that i hated all my existence as a star system backer are actually really good scatter guns are fun now like because uh npcs ai that gets close to you when you're dogfighting and you you can get it in two shots with a scatter gun because it's just so close to you. It's mm-hmm. no problem. And I think this is the this is something that I've been waiting for. This is something that I like. I I get to tinker with things again. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely adding more, and I think it's going to increase that for sure. But um, all right. Let's move on to the next question, which is from Jad Jad, who asks, "What percentage of the player test group needs to validate a game loot as being quote unquote fun?" For it to be included in game. For instance, if you had to run ammo for to a cargo bay to the turrets on a hammerhead, some might enjoy that loop and others might not might hate it. I actually forgot didn't forgot that, that question was asked when I said that. Um I don't think fun isn't the right word. Engaging is the right word. I, I'm I, all right, so this is gonna sound nuts. I'm a believer that games don't have to be fun. In fact, it's sometimes a detriment for games to be fun. Not every game has to be fun, but every game has to have your attention. Because there are plenty of unfun experiences in games. Uh, losing in a, in a combat, you know, playing, a, playing Halo, for instance, or, or Call of Duty and losing is not fun. But you still play it. Even if you're a terrible player, many terrible players still play Call of Duty and Halo, but it's not fun for them Necessarily, it's not fun to lose, but they still play. Why? Maybe they'll win, true, but because they're engaged, because it's something for them to do and they can problem solve, and they can have those small heroic moments here and there. And I think that's the, an example. So fun is the wrong word. It's engagement with the player base, with the players. And if the game engages the player the right way, has their attention, then it has its own merits rather than just just straight fun. Because fun is too subjective. And even engagement is subjective, but not everyone is necessarily going to be engaged by the game because that's what the designers do. The designer's job is to build a game that's going to engage a certain population. You're never going to please everyone. Um, but as long as you please the people you're looking to 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 hit, the kind of the, the, the fan base you're looking for, that's what matters. And as long as it also corresponds with the development language. But what do you guys think? Well, I I, I can't speak to game development, but in software development, it's 
a measure of how much effort I'm going to spend making it versus how much effort I'm going to save. So it, let's say there's a feature that's requested by one person. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's going to take me four hours to do it. And it's going to save that person, you know, over a year is going to save them a couple hundred hours of work. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Because that's a couple hundred hours that I've just saved the company because that person can do something else in those couple hundred hours. And I think uh, you're right. It's engagement. And I think CAG have this measure of effort versus engagement on, you know, uh, how much development time are we going to spend making and testing and debugging this versus how many people are actually going to do this? And I actually think the threshold for CAG is very low because they try to cater to a very wide range of people and very wide range of interests. So I think that their actual range for this is, is very, very low. Like if, if it's something that's going to take them a couple of days, a couple hours, they're just going to do it and, and, you know, see if it works, see if it doesn't. Because I mean, they, they have the resources, they, they have the developers. So yeah, I, I think that's, that's, yeah, that's that. Mm. I, I think, um, to that question about the ammo box and is it fun? Um, there's there's also a weird thing about some games. It's like if they if you build it, they will come, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are some careers and things that some people wouldn't think about or might feel is distasteful to do, but there are people who will love going down to the cargo area and bringing that box up with ammo. Um, I, I own a um, I own a uh, well. Those of you who have a Carrick. Uh, if you have an 890, there is a full-sized commercial kitchen in the 890. Mm -hmm. Is that there for decoration, or is that because there may actually be a career for somebody who cooks? There's, <laughs> there's a game. Full, they <laughs> talked about it. May, it may <laughs> pop up, and yeah. so you know, I, I I don't put it past it. I mean, to a certain degree, if you build it, they'll come. There will be those players who, yeah. for medicine, that's they're going to yeah. hang out at the hospital. That's they, and they may not ever yeah. get in a ship. They'll hang out at the hospital and they'll go back to their hab and they'll be happy and they'll hang out in the bar. So I give room for the players to if they, if they give those options there and if they're put together well and they make sense, people will do them. You know? Actually, speaking of people who are just going to hang out at the hospital and just go to their hab, my girlfriend has seen Orson and she doesn't play Star Citizen. And mm -hmm. she was like, I would buy this game just to be here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's a perfectly valid gameplay yeah. loop in Star Citizen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tourists is, many, is a gameplay loop, you know? Look at, look at how many people were pushing wheelchairs around when we were yeah. <laughs> there in carts, right? I mean... <laughs> I, I love how when they released the hospitals in 314, mm -hmm. uh, all the medical equipment that could be taken was taken within an hour. Within an hour, yeah. Just taken one of it. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I spawned in, and there's a you know guy in front of Green Circle and Orison just pushing a gurney. Mm, yeah, I'm just standing like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and they laughed at carts a couple of months ago, right? They were laughing at carts, right? Yeah, I mean, like you get the point. Like there, there'll be people who want to be farmers. I've heard so many people say, "I want to set up mm -hmm. a farm on a planet, and I just want to farm." Yep, you know. Yeah. Yep, and, they sure will. And it's one of those. It's perfectly valid. It you is. You can do that. And that's the thing about Star Citizen that I think a lot of people don't realize about about the game. And this is why when I've, I mentioned New World, and I often mention that New World and Star Citizen are very similar in their design, their, their, their game design. Um, if you want to see a more traditional way that Star Citizen could have gone, New World is a good example of that. It's a very traditional MMO with stats and all these sorts of things, but it's built the same way. There is cooking. A cooking mechanic exists, mm -hmm. and it buffs other players. Mm -hmm. So it's a valuable asset to a PvPer, yep. because having a cook work on your food while you just have to do go 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 all shvetty and try hard and try try to kill other people, but having somebody who can cook your food mm -hmm. that collects the rare materials and puts them together and makes you a better PvPer—that's mm -hmm. a valuable asset to have. You know, we had that um, in Galaxy. Remember, Galaxies had that. Yeah, Galaxies the same way. If you bet, Galaxies had it with uh, going to the when you went to the club to the cantina, right? Yeah. You went in there, you got buffed sitting there, and the cantina would be full of people. When they were going to go do a raid, yeah. people showed up, and you tipped those people. That's how they made their money in the game. You yeah. know, and people would sit there for freaking hours playing a freaking instrument. That's yeah. all they did. <laughs> <laughs> so they could get the buffs. I, like I, I one hundred percent, and we we talked about this on the, this with uh, the Ender, with Enterprise. 
Mm-hmm. If CIG could get instruments in game that would work on MIDI with, with you know, being able to, oh, use, to introduce oh, MIDI, yeah. you would have people playing a trumpet on every corner of Orison. I swear to God yeah. it would happen. Yeah. People would just stream themselves doing it for hours because it's yeah. it's, it's that kind of immersive. And, and, yeah. and I, I think that's a good example of, like, it's hard to value what fun is in a gameplay loop simply because so many people have different ideas. So... Yeah. And Star Citizen is legitimately looking for that engagement rather than, that's why I say engagement rather than fun. Look, here, here's my crazy <laughs> dream for what I want to do in Star Citizen. Mm-hmm. I want to open a cat cafe in my in New Babbage. Because <laughs> w- what is better than a cat, a, a blanket and a cup of tea when it's cold and cold yeah. outside? <laughs> there we go. I mean, this itself <laughs> is a thing. I want to actually open a bar in game on a ship and legitimately use it to make money. I yeah, want to be known be as that crazy dude who will who will fly around to places and people could like like a like a like a uh, a taco truck of bar you know like like a food so truck cool. but it's a bar and you can you 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 find me because you want to get that rare booze maybe mm-hmm. because it's just rare and you're, you're you're cool with it but also maybe I have the rare stuff that's buff that'll buff you for for a certain thing you know that I'm always gonna have it because that's mm-hmm. who I am so you come to me for that 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 asset trade. I got the stuff you need and it's That's easier nice. for, for you to come to me rather than go find it yourself. That kind of idea. Like those are the, you know, and the fact that CIG is building these techniques, the, the game, the way it is makes me and looking at games like new world, which is built on the exact same engine. Well, not the exact same engine, but it's built on the same base engine as star citizen. And you see these aspects in game, you go, okay, I see where this can go. That's one of the reasons why I really like that. So yeah. I would love to see player, player interactions like you know how they talked about folks being able to use the uh, the Mako to be able to shoot video then that mm-hmm. be projected in some way in the game. Well, imagine like you said, maybe you've got people out there who do music, right? Remember that that DJ up at Wally's? Maybe yeah. on a weekend somebody's able to play the role of that DJ and put their music through, you know, something weird like yeah. that. You know, I mean, you know, music that's, that they can use, not of course, but but you get my point. I, Those I, interactions where people could take real life and turn it into the game like that would be amazing to me. Yeah. It'd be amazing. I mean, I mean like uh, the the thing about MIDI, uh, the the stuff that I'm saying like with MIDI, it's something that's mm-hmm. I think is already in like it's Final doable. Fantasy 14. It's doable. Yeah. It's done it's been done in other MMOs because like I I legitimately would hire a band in a bar if I had when I mm-hmm. opened Astro Pub to play and mm-hmm. and promote like we've got an actual live band in the bar yeah. for you to come to play. You know, uh, a karaoke nights. I'd want that, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. You know, this this sort of stuff. So um very cool you know yeah it's in rust but it's also it was also in um uh uh lord of the rings online which is where i first saw it where they had it like you could program in musical instruments that would give you they're also like i think focuses for bards but like you you could if you had musical instruments anyone could own own one and you could program it or type it out to actually have uh music so Mm. so so if you go to Paul's bar, get a glass of old homicide when you make sure you get some when you're there. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Next question comes from Ayana Gekka, who asks, how's everyone doing today? Good. I'm, I'm good. I'm doing great. I'm tired. I'm very tired. Yeah, tired. But... Yeah, we're all, <laughs> yeah, we're all yeah. tired. It's the heat, isn't it? Yeah. Well, oh, it's, yeah. it's, I've been doing st- stupid things. Like last night I said, you know, he, he, you know what? I am going to go to bed early. I'm going to, I didn't play the game. I didn't play um, um, New World at all, except mm. for late in the afternoon, in the evening. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll play a little bit just so I can power level up a little bit. Then I ran into mm-hmm. a bunch of people I know from Star Citizen, mm-hmm. like Toxic and uh, Toxic Pig and Rockies. And it's mm-hmm. 4 a.m. You know? <laughs> I'm like, Oh, sleep, Paul. I exactly that, that's what I said to myself. Like, I'm going to figure out how to, you know, parse this one more file. And <laughs> six hours later, I'm like, well, that kind of snowballed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got out of hand. Yeah. Coffee was there too. And, and coffee and chat was, it was there too. And we do this. It's just like, ah, oh, mm. uh, we're going on this grand tour and stuff like that. And, and, and it also makes me want, again, every time I play another game, I come back to Star Citizen. It makes me want mm-hmm. to play Star Citizen because it's like, I know that's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. let's just go around to every settlement in, in Hurston. Why? Because there's a mission I got to do where I got to deliver some packages to some Hurston. So why don't we just go over here? Let's go see this interesting landmark, you know? <laughs> so, 
Uh, uh, so, yes. Next question. Uri the Smoke asked, the best 300s pilot will be giving low, flies to, uh, low fly tours around Orison in 314 Live. Is there anything, uh, anything spots that you would like to fly by in a tour of 314? Huh. Mm. Interesting. That's a tough one. The shipyards, for sure. Which are those yeah. big, empty hangers yeah. things? Yeah. Those, are, those are supposed to yeah. be filled with ships in the future. Yeah. Um, I, I, every, I guess that I... Go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, every single type of the, the different pad habs on the different uh, the uh different habs that's what they, they also have uh some of the buildings have it on on if you land on top there's there's usually not landing pad you can you have to land in the middle of the whole thing mm-hmm. and there's usually like a little garden there's seating yeah it looks very nice yeah uh, so that that definitely and you can and because those pads are at different levels too you can go down further where it's a bit more cloudier yeah and the feeling is the mood is completely different in the lower areas versus the higher ones but yeah, there's so many variations on those pads as you go through. It, it's it's pretty cool. I, like I said, I spent about an hour just going from pad to pad, just just flying over, landing on a few of them, and seeing what they were like. I actually, for kind of shits and giggles, I uh, I did a time time lapse. Uh, the original video is like two and a half hours, where mm-hmm. I took a ship and I went from uh, middle of Orson and I went all the way up to like twenty five thousand kilometers from Crusader. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it looks great. There's only one problem. Uh, with the thruster tuning, your ship just can't keep straight. So there's a lot of adjustments going on in there. Mm-hmm. So it's not smooth. So I'm going to have to, once they kind of fix that, I'm going to have mm-hmm. to go and try again. Do it again. Look, it looks great, though. It, it looks cool. amazing. And also, like, if you go, Orson, if you go from below, where you see all the thrusters and everything, when you mm-hmm. see them fire, mm-hmm. it, it's, 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 it's beautiful. It is. It's just generally flying through Crusader. The clouds is all, all pink and orange, and it's, it's very nice. Mm-hmm. It's big though. Like it's you just you, you get is. the scale when you fly it's away huge. from from Orison into this. Like the clouds are so big, mm-hmm. they're just so massive. It's so yeah. hard to like like it's hard to see in game when you're like watching a video. You, when you're playing the game, you can see it in the distance, and as you get closer, you just see it enveloping you. It's like what mm-hmm. the? It's so insanity. Yeah. The fact that this is just version zero, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, I have to give them credit on the lighting too. The the lighting yeah. is amazing that the, mm-hmm. that they did there. The transitions from day to night, um, you do feel like you're at a location. You feel like you're out somewhere. When I saw the leaves blowing across the ground, oh, yeah, you know, the, like, the the petals wow. from the from the trees yeah. and everything. Yeah, I, I have to say though, you know, uh, they do clouds as volumetrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have done some development with games and with graphics, and volumetrics will o- were always the kind of the performance killer. Mm-hmm. And I am just amazed and impressed that CIG have managed to. I was that's why I was afraid of it because I knew it was going to be a huge mm. performance downgrade. And I am so impressed that I'm so so happy they they actually managed to do it in a way that doesn't kill performance. Yeah, I, I'm just amazed. I'm blown away by by that fact. Yeah, and it actually version- looks great. And it's version zero. It's version zero, so you know that the performance is going to get better over time too. So um, that's one of the things. That's already a good starting point. So that's like a stealth, a stealth edition. If if you've been to the other landing zones, the other landing zones are better too now. Like yeah, just straight up. You're gonna say something, Griffin? No, no. I was gonna say Black Intellect mentioned one of the other features that was snuck in uh, about uh, when using an Xbox controller, you feel the vibration of your heart rate and elevated. Uh, oh, yeah. When the and when the platform thrusters fire, you, it vibrates. And I heard people talking about that, but I haven't experienced it. But he just mentioned that. I, I heard about that one. Mm-hmm. That's cool. All right. The next question comes from Uri the Smoke, who asks, "How do you feel about them adding more hairstyles and tech, but they still haven't added Afro hairstyles to these uh, selections for players?" Um. So I'm going to say this because this is a hill I die on which is diversity is a good thing. And I will, that is the hill I die on with Star Citizen. More diversity is a good thing. Um, because I, I joke about how, for some reason, in the 30th century, everyone's from England. Um, yeah. We get the unisex thing in the beginning, but by now, we should yeah. be seeing variations of yeah. all types of folks. All oh, yeah. types of folks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's frustrating that 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 the character development because people spend. Uh, I mean, there are some people who literally don't care what their person looks like, but there are some people who spend freaking thirty minutes putting their character together. They'll spend know? hours trying to get right. the character right. 
Like, yeah. When I I did a couple of character-centered photo shoots, and I actually spent like two hours making the character. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to say, the character editor is, mm-hmm. is, is yeah. horrendous. Yes. Yeah. It, it needs updates. Who? In what design meeting did they agree on this? <laughs> it's, it's, I don't think it's a bad idea. This? I don't think it's yeah. a bad idea. I just think it needs more base faces is the problem. It's just yeah. it's just not very intuitive. There's a lot of mm-hmm. weird things to it. And I also think that like and as someone says like I'd rather have afro style hair just because mm-hmm. the thing is is that most games go for the straight european hair but even like curly hair isn't really mm-hmm. done very well in most mm-hmm. games. Yeah. So uh, and if you if you can manage to do something like that you're going to hit afro 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 ethnic hair anyways mm-hmm. or you know because it's not mm-hmm. just we we often re- you know, say this is, uh, you know, Afro-ethnic in terms of it's the hairstyle, but it's also South, South um, you know, a lot of uh, ethnicities in the Southeast uh, Pacific have mm-hmm. similar hairstyles and, mm-hmm. you know, Native American hairstyles and so, sort of things. Mm-hmm. So it's something that comes up a lot. It's like, it'd be nice to have those. And you'll see that a lot of other games yeah. have them. And I just like diversity just because yeah. differences is good. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want this to be boring. This goes <laughs> to... This goes back to our discussion about when we were talking about naming ships, right? Yeah. There's also that people want to feel unique in a game, you yeah. know, and 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 people will take the care to make that character that either looks like them or looks like whatever avatar they want. And so I think CIG's kind of, I get it, but we've been hearing about this development of characters for so long and it just hasn't, yeah. you know, they've done a little bit of changes, little tweaks, but we do want to see a little bit more in the area yeah. of diversity. We really do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not bad. It, we just mm-hmm. need we need more. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the guys want beards. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, that people would love beards, to see mustaches, game, you know, goatees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that my 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 eyebrow color is supposed to match my hair color. <laughs> that's stupid. Like like my hair is gray. My eyebrows are very very brown. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of beards, uh, can we just get a fix on the fact that uh, Foip completely nopes out if you have a beard? Yeah. <laughs> like, I cannot use it. My character just makes, like, face that where his jaw is, like, 90 degree <laughs> to one side. Yeah. It just, it's like, every time I try, to, I try to smile, I go, and then my character goes... Looks like he's having a stroke when I, when yeah. I, when I smile. It's like, oh. So if you could get just that, you know, that, that would make me happy. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm not going to shave my beard for this game. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. Yes. <laughs> um, scars would be nice. Yeah. Any any kind of customization is the thing. But uh, uh, like, it's 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 one of those things where it's it's a problem in video games. It's not just Star Citizen that like right. Afro ethnic, which is also you know like um, Middle Eastern um, kind of uh, Indian and Southeast Southeast Asian, very similar hairstyles. Um, there are hair types, they just don't have them very often because it's hard to code. <laughs> it's not, e- it's easy just to do straight because mm-hmm. lines work on video games. Mm-hmm. They don't work. Yeah. Try to, realistic balance and all that kind of stuff is always kind mm-hmm. of weird too. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's not just a Star Citizen thing, but yes, Star Citizen is supposed to be the leading edge. You should be leading that edge. So there you go. Uh, next question comes from Gin and Tonic, who asks, do you think the constellations should, would be more combat viable if they put the big guns on the turrets and gave the pilots the small guns? Yes. Obviously. I would. I've been an advocate of that for years, and I, I heard it from H.C. Vertigo. He's the first person who, who, uh, who pitched that, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Take the size four, take them off the pilot guns, stick them on the, on the, uh, the turrets means that you have to have turret, turret operators, mm-hmm. but you already want the turret operators. Great. You know? So, yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Next question comes from Ionic Gecko. With the new scanning slash radar, if and when do you think we'll see scanning missions or missions in which you have to scan down a target in Crusader's atmosphere? Probably soon. You kind of have to do that with, yeah, um, with Zeno pinging, threat, right? Yeah. 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 Know, yeah. With Zeno, you can use it now. I mean, you can scan and find what's on ships now and people, because we were doing that last night. Um, but then they were talking about the stuff coming up with pinging, 
which is the other factor of scanning that's coming up as well. And it seemed like that's not far away where they, they implied that it wasn't that far away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they've also said that the, the current system isn't the final system that they're working on. They're trying to improve right. upon it. They, mm-hmm. they you know, they, I think they said that in the last, um, the last ISC or um, mm-hmm. uh, SEO. Yeah. SEO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just like, yeah, it's not, it's not where we'd like it to be, but we're still going to yep. work on it. So, uh, all right. Next question comes from Uri the Smoke, who asks: Three fourteen Orison have more clothing options, but as players, we don't have access to the sporty workout clothes of New Babbage. <laughs> Why do you think CIG is hold back on clothes for options for players? Um, it's just a practical reason. There's really yeah. no reason to run around and workout clothes yet, and it's they want to build other things up first. But I agree. Give. Give give me the problem is is and okay this is a side tangent I, I apologize. Is the, that what the show is about? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> the, fe- the side tangent. <laughs> the, the, the female character model, the booty is is good. It's just a good booty. And then the male character model looks like Hank Hill flat, like like look like a two by four is on that thing. And as a booty entrepreneur, if you're going to give me workout clothes. I better be able to see good booty in men and women. All right. I better just be able to look there and go bless, bless this, this game. You know, um, if I'm staring at this game for 17 hours, there better be something I can look at. All right. <laughs> so if they're going to do workout clothes, they need to be able to fix the male model. That's all I'm going to say. I never thought I would agree with something so controversial. <laughs> 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 a booty preneur, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a legitimate feature request. I, I mean, <laughs> yes. Fix, fix your reasoning is sound. All right. Next question comes from Rod Smoke, who asks, "What is an explanation of mission difficulty in Star Citizen that separates casual players from hardcore players?" Um. One more time. Could you repeat it one more time? What is an, uh, I think this is explain, of, but I think he means example of mission difficulty in Star Citizen that separates casual players from hardcore players. Mm. The reputation system is part of that, right? I mean, yeah. as you progress through reputation and continue forward, it becomes more difficult. And mm-hmm. there are going to be some people who, like there's some people who don't even mess with any of the missions like that. They go in and do their own thing, right? And then there are some people who want to move up that tree. They want that reputation to be built. They want the more difficult missions. They want the missions that move beyond me being able to do it as a solo person. So now I have to bring two or three people with me. So, I mean, it's scalable depending upon how deep someone wants to go. If they want to go deep, they can. If they don't want to, they don't have to. Um, Hopefully I can, if I need some access to certain things, maybe Paul has done that mission and he has the access to it. So I can go through him to do it, you know. Um, they've, they've given some options for how you can work around that without having to be the hardcore player to get to certain things. Yeah, I, I think it's a good way of putting it. I think I think the difference is going to be meta. And not meta mm-hmm. in the sense of like, you know, the one meta rule to rule them all. Uh, but like, you know, some missions will be so difficult that you need to spec for the right stuff. You mm-hmm. know that they are flying these types of ships, so you need to bring these kinds of weapons to fight these ships. And um, so you can't just like throw whatever at it. I think that's where the, the, the curve is. And there's some, there are some NPCs in star citizen now that are legitimately scary. Yep. Yep. <laughs> As a solo AI pilot. has changed dramatically. Yeah. The AI oh, yeah. has changed dramatically. They fire missiles at you now and that mm, yeah. you can't dodge them half the time. <laughs> so if you should have seen my surprise when 314 launched and I went to do some bounties to check the new weapons and, oh, oh. missiles incoming. Well, I guess I'll, I'll drop some flares. Oh, I'm dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, like, so yeah. Didn't dodge that one. All right. This is the last question from Uri, who asks, does Orison have a fast landing area like outside of New Babbage Common Area? And is it a bad thing if it doesn't? I don't think you can access the main facilities anywhere. No. You can land no. you can land on many of the platforms and locations, but the main facilities are on certain hubs yeah. and you have to come in through the, the hangar areas there. And there you can really- land pretty much everywhere but the, uh, the main area is, is, is a no-fly zone. You, you can't get there. Mm-hmm. And there is so a fast landing zone. There there will be. Yeah, later. Hospital. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. The hospital is supposed to have a fast landing zone so you can take mm-hmm. someone in and put them on a gurney. So. Yeah. Uh, and wake up in there. They wake up in their what's the thing called the one the onesie sheet thing you the wake onesies, up in the boot the, the, yeah. the one that has the butt open <laughs> yeah. butt out the, your butt the, out the you wake up with your butt out yeah yeah uh, is it a bad thing no it's not a bad thing no. I think I think more landing zones should have it but it doesn't fit the theming of of Orison yeah. it mm-hmm. makes more sense you know um, I mean the reason they could do it in New Babbage is that the actual the actual interior is is an interior it's closed off so. If you go full speed and you ram into the dome, nothing's going to happen. You're going to explode. Yeah. But but in Orison, if they actually didn't have that no-fly zone, you would just have people just m- mowing down people with their ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jadjad asks, just for fun, do we have any special words to describe the relationships between people that live on different planets in a solar system? Are they going to just <laughs> still be neighbors? What about an entire star systems? God, language. Like Pyronians? <laughs> well, I, I, like, for instance, uh, you know, you live next to somebody, you call them a neighbor. But what mm-hmm. if that person lives on a planet on the other side, uh, like in, in the in another system over? Are they still neighbors? Mm-hmm. How about you like, guys speak speaking? English? You tell me. <laughs> What's, well, there's an old saying about English, which is English is the kind of language that lures other languages down a dark alley and then mugs them for uh, for parts, um, <laughs> for participles or something like that. You mean it's like um, people who live on microtech, you call them techies or something? And uh, I mean, I don't know. What are you no. looking for? Something like that? I, 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 he's talking about like special words to describe the differences, be- like the the. The relationships between different people is it, is it just neighbors? If someone lives on Microtech, yeah, like Pyronians, lives, yeah, and someone lives in someone lives in um, in in Orison, are they neighbors? Are they you know? But yeah, I, I would I would say for for words, yes, I, I would call people who live in Orisons uh, or Orison Orisons or Orisons. Um, let me see. Arisians. Well, he puts he gave you some suggestions. He gave you some suggestions in chat there. Look at Pyronians, Stantonese, Nixians. Yes. <laughs> um, I would say, um, New Babbage would be Babbageites. <laughs> Cabbages, baggages. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people misspell New Babbage's New Cabbage. New Cabbage, uh, and, I, and I think that should <laughs> oh catch God. on. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Lorville should just be depressed. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lorvillians. I think Lorvillians would be a good as a good name. Mm, it kind of matches it, you know. Uh, uh, Area eighteen should be. I don't know. It's hard to do. Eighteen. Yeah, Corp. I don't know. Eighteen citizens. Yeah. You know. Eighteen citizens. Mm. Eighteen nights. Eighteen nights. There you go. Eighteen nights. Eighteen nights. I like that one. Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, captures and babbages. Yeah, yeah pyrites. I also like hole. pyrites. Yeah, this is a rabbit hole. But this is a good rabbit hole. Yeah, call people from pyrite, pyrite, pyrites. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm too sober for this rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> Pour me a drink and then we can talk about this. <laughs> All right. Next question comes from Lady Space Patrol, who asks, "Do we have any new information on exploration and science gameplay? Even just scanning things and selling the info." So, not really. Scan things, yes. But there is some information that was recently discussed and added to the roadmap. One is they're completely changing um, uh, quantum. They said that the, the quantum drive. They said they're physicalizing the quantum drives, which I have no idea what that means. It could mean that they're changing it completely or it could just be a small minor minor update but that alongside their discussion on probing on how you use probe the probe gameplay Mm -hmm. as long-range kind of exploration tells me that probes will be the the initial part of science and exploration and the new change will allow you to jump from where you are to a probe and then you can use that probes data as a means to give people triangulation requirements that kind of thing so i was we're, we're doing a show tomorrow on the um our series on industrial strength and we're doing it on the orion and i had to go back and read tony z's piece on mining 
-hmm. and he he references that that doing that type of scanning using probes will be the way that you will find asteroid belts and fields where you can do that type of work so even though i know we've looked at probing from the sense of you know looking for ships and things like that but for those of you who are thinking about mining that's another way that those probes will be significant uh you know in the sense of exploration yeah the the info that we're waiting for is how can you sell this information how can you gather mm -hmm. it and sell it and will it be transferable is it something that's just like because if it's if it's something that i can read off on a on a data sheet and i can punch in the values into into uh quantum it will become impossibly in it, it would be unvaluable it wouldn't be valuable at all it's i, I think it's going to be transferable in game not yes. that way because of the design of both the um msr and the uh herald they both have these huge computer systems on them, and I mm -hmm. think it's going to be a transfer directly to your Mobi, something direct like that. It's yeah. not published per se, yeah. but goes directly to the buyer. You know, so yeah, cool. I mean, well, logically, with, with persistence, you know, if I find a thing somewhere and I tell someone like, "Hey, there's a thing over there," and I don't give them the information, if they go there and they actually happen to find that place in the infinite emptiness of space, which Chances are low, but let's say that they do. The thing should be there mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of persistence. Mm -hmm. So there, there is a way around it, but it's just massive amount of effort mm -hmm. to go around it. So I, so I think people are actually going to opt for the kind of in-game way of, hey, you know, I, I got it. I got this piece of information. I'm gonna, you know, share it with my org, or I'm gonna share it with my with this person, or I'm gonna sell it to this person. Mm -hmm. so, so I think I think that's what's gonna force people into that. I also think that it's important to remember that like similar to like piracy, I don't think exploration and science are going to be a gameplay loop. I think they'll be port part of a bunch of the other gameplay additions that are coming on because what is science other than scanning and categorizing things or building things? And we know that science is going to have to have a lot to do with things like crafting and, and uh, uh, those sorts of kind of aspects. Uh, exploration is just, finding a place to go and going there, which is not that hard, but it's also part of mining and part of uh, salvage, uh, part of like, there's a lot of different aspects of other uh, other parts of the game that need to be built as well for that. So when that comes out, science exploration, just being able to map an area, for instance, would likely already be part of other gameplay loops. Like the, ter the, the Terrapin, his job is to scan an area for enemy hostiles and then, you know, return that information back. So there's got to be some value to that information. But it's not exploration gameplay, it's military gameplay. So mm -hmm. so I, th I think it's important to remember that we, I don't think we'll ever see an exploration in science loop. Um, I think the closest we'll get is something around science, but likely more to do with manufacturing than just ex like science. So... Yeah, I think um, the exploration and science, like I said, it's not going to be a loop. It's it's going to be kind of a mashup of, of different activities. You know, you're going to be charting a course for a jump point. You're going to be scanning planets. You're going to be you're finding the plants, the wildlife. You're going to be scanning that. You're going to be gathering that information. You're going to be passing that information back to someone. You know, you're going to be selling it to someone. You're going to be selling it to the uh, ICC or, you know, whoever is interested in, the, in that kind of information. So yeah, it's, it's, but it's not going to be its its own activity yeah. in itself. I I think I also think that it's important for people to to brace themselves for the fact that the the box running the box missions of of exploration is going to be the most uh, which is going to be the most common thing that people are going to do is not finding jump points. It's not exploring um, new worlds and seeking out new life and civilizations. It's going to an hey, area. You ought to write that down somewhere. That sounds like a good phrase. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to go to an area, map this region of space, and nine times out of ten, nothing's going to be there. And then you're going to fly yeah. back to a location, and you're going to sell that data to the people who wanted you to map that location because the maps are out of date. And yeah. that's what you're going to be doing over and over and over again. Um, and I, I, I say that because if you look at any episode of Star Trek... Almost all the first... Like, it's Star Trek usually... Uh, like, say, the TNG... It usually starts with we were running medical supplies to this 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 place, and you know we just we or or we're charting an unknown area of space that hasn't been up or we're updating star maps for this area of space, which which hasn't been updated in years. You know, 
it's those sort of things. It's the, the missions always start off with they're doing something mundane and then something crazy happens. You know, most of the time playing Star Citizen in exploration, you're going to be doing the mundane stuff, not the crazy episodes of TNG. The crazy episodes will be the exception, not the rule. So, yeah. And yeah, and, and, and we, as it comes back to the engaging gameplay we talked about earlier. That's not necessarily fun for everyone, but there'll be people who are insane and like to do that. <laughs> and I mean, there's kind of that factor of, you know, being on the edge of your seat when you're doing something. Like I said, something mundane, but there is a chance, however small, that something is going to happen. And it's just going to have you, you know, on the edge, just anticipating that. And I think that feeling of anticipation... Sometimes it's it's better than the event itself. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the monster is scarier when you don't see it because it can be anything, yeah. you know. Like you um, know, I'm I'm going to Microtech to recover some boxes from a crashed constellation. Well, yeah. I might get attacked by a bear, but I also might not. Yeah. But you know, I'm gonna bring a gun just in case that bear shows up. Mm-hmm. Got to be prepared. All right. Um, next question comes from um, SPG Leg uh, Legian Spagalian. Spagalian, I think is how you say it. Uh, what do you guys think about the new scanning system? I like it. Yeah, definitely yep. like it. It's not done yet, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it being expanded. It's it's a good foundation for what what's going to happen with it. I think it's kind of 314 in general. It's a solid foundation. Yeah. Like I said, you know, two steps back, one step forward, but better footing than we had before. Uh, Black Intellect asks, is 314 the end of the tyrannical reign of single-seat fighter PvP-focused players? (laughs) I'm not an expert in that. I would say it's not the end, but maybe the beginning of the end. Yeah. I mean, uh, single C fighters, they still have a lot of advantage. Oh, they're yeah. still, they're fast, they're maneuverable, they're very easy to deploy. They only require uh, one but, person to use, you know. Yeah. Uh, but once you kind of go against an organized opposing force where you're going to have people, you know, doing a recon, you're going to have people running gunships, you're going to have hammerheads. At that point, the single C fighters are going to start running short. And you also kind of going back to ammo counts and everything, single-seat fighters are not designed for long-term sustainability. No. So in a single-seat fighter, you maybe get an, an hour of flight time and maybe 15 minutes of combat before you need to go land somewhere and mm-hmm. restore yourself. And, yeah. and that's going to be... And that is the intended role of the light fighter. That, that is where single-seat fighters mm-hmm. are. It is launched from a carrier mm-hmm. to do a single task... Or yep. patrol a single area for a short amount of time, return to the carrier, rearm, repair, go out again. And I, and I think, like you said, the beginning of the end of the reign of terror of single sea fighters. I, I think the I think John Crew said that the most efficient weapon, the the best fighter in PvP and PVE combat that they've seen, is now the Hurricane. Yes, mm-hmm. which is a two seat. <laughs> the it's, hurricane, it, also the the anvil bomber, was uh, what's it called? Gladiator. Uh, yeah. Gladiator. Yeah. The gladiator is insane. I, I, if you point yeah. blank a torpedo with it with a gladiator, uh, you you can you can almost point blank it. You can fire it less than up to a kilometer away from somebody. But you fire it at about yeah. a three kilometer range. It doesn't miss, or very difficult to miss. And if you're attacking a target that's anything freelancer or higher. Almost up to a Connie, one hit will kill it with the, with the mm-hmm. size five torpedoes. So you go up against a Valkyrie, one one size five torpedo, almost point blank firing, it's going to end that, that that Valkyrie. Yeah. Just delete it. Yeah. So for a ship that's the size for its size and maneuverability, because yeah. it handles like a freaking like a mm-hmm. hornet, it handles like yeah. a hornet. It's yeah, it handles like a hornet. <laughs> it works really well. So. Yeah, we, I've actually been playing Xenofet uh, today, and we actually we used the Gladiator, we used the Hurricane, uh, and the two of us in the Hurricane, we were able to basically hold off the waves on our own because the, of the sheer amount of firepower on those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just two of us in, in the Hurricane. It, it was incredible. 
It's nuts what they can do. All right, we got last two questions. So Yay. You know, we're good. Uh, Midnight Black SC asks. sleep on time today. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight Black SC asks. I hear that Jump Point 2.0 is rumored to be a gate between Hurston and Microtech. Are you looking forward to it? And do you think that CIG is looking for uh, is looking to learn from it? So there's a rumor that there is going to be a jump point between uh, Hurston and Microtech, and that the rumor is because uh, it's from a, a, a leaked file from um, from the sources and leaks from from the game, and the rumor was that it would have something to do with with Jumptown. And my problem with that rumor is that it would mean that CIG has no idea what Jumptown was. They fundamentally misunderstand what Jumptown was and how it worked, if that was the case. For those of you who don't know, I practically wrote the book on Jumptown because I'm the only person who's actually recorded it, uh, the, the events. But from my experience, both studying Jumptown as an event with players and in terms of it as a gameplay aspect, the thing that made Jumptown work was the inability for players to quantum drive easily in and out of a location, a high value of money that could be earned at a location um, that is unique to that location, and um, consistency. It's always consistently able to do so. You make it the highest value in a single location means that everyone is going to go there because it's the only place to go. A jump point between Hurston and Microtech doesn't do that. It just makes a fast travel point rather than being um, than being anything. It just makes it faster, which is completely the opposite of what Jumptown was, which was slower. So I don't believe that's the case. And if it is the case, then CIG fundamentally misunderstands what Jumptown was. Absolutely to its core, that's a misunderstanding of what Jumptown was. So... Um, Jump point. Yes. We, no, but Midnight's saying Jump Town 2.0. The Jump Town 2.0. And, um, and they're saying that there was a gate, a jump point between Hurston and Microtech, which is a rumor I've heard before. Um, I mean, why would there be a, a jump point between those two? It's, I think that's the shortest quantum distance between planets. Between Hurston why would you put and, it there? and Microtech? I, yeah, I, I think know. that's the shortest. I mean, I get that it might be there for testing, but I think it is also there. It's going to confuse players. I think it's a, it's a bad yeah. move because it would just confuse players as to what jump yeah. points are. Yeah. And it would be, it, it would be a lazy check move. We got jump points in. See, jump points are in. We got it. Yay. Yeah. Like, no, that's not how that should work. Huh. That's, that's the people would just. Oh, if they actually did that, they would ruined. get lynched by the community. Oh, people would absolutely rake them over the coals for it. Being like, like we, oh, yeah. Like, like this is this is a like torches if they did that. It's the laziest uh, way of of yeah. doing a check off. Even if it was a of a test, even if CIG, this is one of the things that I think CIG often falls into, where they put in an idea that seems like a good idea at the time, and they don't think about the reactions that the players will have, nor how viable it will be as an actual testing feature, because no one it would sounds use good it. in the design meeting, but in practice, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. It's it's good on paper, bad in execution. Um, so, and if it and if it's for them to do internal testing, that's fine. But the rumor was is that it's not. So, I don't know. Well, let's, let's turn it around another way. What would you, um, Griffin? I know. Were you part? Did you participate in Jump Town? I know you were around for Jump Town. Yeah, I was around back then. Got <laughs> shot at plenty of times. What are you looking forward to with Jumptown 2.0? What would you be looking forward to with something like Jumptown 2.0? I mean, the thing about Jumptown, you know, it was weird because um, there were, you know, there were those periods where you could go to Jumptown and just you had that fluke where nobody was there, right? And you could like try to monopolize as much time as possible. It didn't usually last very long. Uh, for me, I wasn't into the whole thing of moving, you know, the black market stuff, but I did go there to help. Uh, defend a lot of times, you know, yeah. with being in test when when folks would say, "Hey, we're heading over there," uh, you know, to hold it down as much as possible. I, I thoroughly enjoyed doing that. It was a lot of fun, um, you, you know. And, and the funny thing about it is that when you got blown up at Jump Town, all you did was get back in another ship and come back. You know, you didn't get frustrated about it. It was it was yeah. it was great. It was great gameplay, and it was you know, and it was iterative, and it, it just kind of spontaneously happened in game. 
So I'm kind of looking forward to them bringing not just that back, but anything like that, that, you know, the players can kind of just, you just do it. You know what I mean? And you, you yeah. find out about it and you jump in and it's fun. Space Coder, how about you? Were you around for Jump Town or? I got I got in at the end of Jump Town. Uh, uh, so I, I got a little bit of, I didn't get like the toughest, the hottest of the fighting, but I got the kind of the tail end of it. Mm-hmm. And I agree with Griffin. It, it was great. Like I, I died there. Yeah, <laughs> I died there always because that was kind of my first PvP experience in Star Citizen. Like I was a month into the game, and some guys were like, oh, "We're going to this place to shoot people." I'm like, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good to me." You know, t- tell me where. You know, tell me who who do I shoot at? And mm-hmm. like everybody. Yeah, I'm like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> just not us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, here, here's us. You got markers for us, and shoot at everyone else. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, I, I still, yeah. I still think that that it's the best time I've ever had in Star Citizen. I think the close second would be Xenothreat, and um, the reason why this was better was because it was longer, it was more interesting. I could always find conflict there, but I could, mm-hmm. o- if I wasn't finding conflict there, I could find money there. So. Yeah. It yeah. was a place, it was just a gathering point. Players would meet. Sometimes they'd kill each other. Sometimes they'd just hang out. Sometimes right. I'd, I'd, I'd extort people for money because they were there. Uh, sometimes I would, I, would, I would actively shoot people. Sometimes I would just run, the, run yeah. it myself to make some money. It was a nice little foray into what Star Citizen as a game could be. And the fact that it was a complete accident, not intended, just a complete mm-hmm. mistake by CIA. I think that's actually what made Jump Town Jump Town, is that mm-hmm. it just, just happened. That no one planned it. No one, or it just happened. Yeah, and I think that's that. That is what we were required for Jump Town 2.0, basically. Yeah, it needs to be a framework that allows it to happen, not a forced application. And something like a jump point from those two places, from from one place to another, again, is not how Jump Town works. It's not mm-hmm. how how that that was was experienced. Um, I think I said it in one of my videos where. CIG are going in a way where they're creating circumstances. Uh, but I think they should create incentives to do things. Yes. Like, uh, because Jump Town was the thing that it was the only place you could buy high value cargo. It was the only place yeah. you could mm-hmm. buy drugs and sell it for a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. And now you basically have two drug outposts per, per planet. Yeah, and so there's, there's, it, there is only one place to sell it, but it's so far out of the way and no one knows about it, and the profits are so small that no one runs those. Yeah. You know? So. Uh, to a lesser degree, we had that with um, one of the mining stations. I think it was a Damar mining station with, that had, like, the, the best um, Laranite or whatever. There was some something they would, they would do, so. Um, all right, last question. The last question we have is from Target Drone, who asks, are we going to have tank artillery duels across platforms in Orison? I made the fuck up. <laughs> I, not initially. <laughs> I'd love to see it, though. I'd love to see duels, yeah. uh, duels across platforms. Uh, that, that's it. That's the last question. Yeah. Thank you so much for all. We, we managed to do it. It's an hour. An hour yeah. thing. Um. And and I'm not going all to sleep I did, the morning. All, wow. all I did was wait until the the questions stopped stopped coming and just turned off the questions uh, uh, submissions. So um, that worked pretty well. Thank you guys all for coming in, hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this, um, please hit that follow button. Make sure you're following both of these two uh, wonderful content creators as well on their own stuff. Uh, Soul Citizens and uh, 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 the Space Coder on YouTube. Uh, yeah, buy the merch. I'm not, I don't prep, I don't rep my merch enough because I'm like a little still, I still don't feel like I'm a content creator in that kind of sense. Like buy the merch because I don't really have good merch. <laughs> I think the shirt is solid, but like I don't have variety. I actually had, you know? had some merch done for myself in the last month. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yeah. There go buy go. some Space Coder merch. Um, it's cookie themed. Everyone's going to like it. There we go. <laughs> uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you, if you enjoyed this video, like it. Just, if you dislike the video, dislike it. Make sure you comment down below. Let your, give us your own questions. I'd like to hear those sorts of things. We're working our way to 10K on YouTube. We're currently at, as of this recording, 9,897. So we're, we're, we're like almost... Almost at nine hundred nine nine thousand nine hundred. So we're we're 
less than 200 away from from anyway, i'm gonna try to say i'm gonna try say your name on my stream see if, see if that helps <laughs> <laughs> you should be following the space coder anyways space coder is, is we're trying to get him to a thousand so yeah um all right thank you guys again love your faces like i say every time hope to see you again soon but if i don't hope to see you someday in the black video